This is Agree to Disagree with Mike Brzezuta and Bob Labriola. I still have confidence. I still believe. I believe in this team and in this lineup. Others may be down on this team. Others may be interested in change, but not me. I have no interest in looking down the depth chart. I have no interest in putting a replacement in just to see what he can do. And I will not, absolutely not, use this season to try to get ready for next season. I still have confidence and agree to disagree, and I still have confidence in Mike Pursuta having what it takes to remain in the lineup of this should-be award-winning show. <laughs> I know he's wrong a lot, but that's his job. And I'm, wow. I, I occasionally am magnanimous enough to let him be right every now and then. Okay, with that out of the way. You're pointing a finger, not the thumb. You realize <laughs> that's, that's what I do best. <laughs> and with that out of the way, it's on to this episode of Agree to Disagree, the should-be award-winning show with the motto, I'm, I'm right. right. He's wrong. Okay, here we go. Let's get to it. Statement number one. I pointed the thumb when I said I'm right. <laughs> hey, and I pointed the finger when I said he's wrong. <laughs> Statement number one, no matter what happens, play every game to win. Nah, disagree. Is that it? Well, I think I think there are always instances. Uh, no, but I mean, you have any reasoning, or you yeah, just, okay. You're talking about tanking, yeah. The, the, some of those uh, right. right, incredibly uh, high intensity points you made in that well crafted <laughs> open. Very good job, by the way. Uh, it, it this could go a couple of ways. Sometimes you get to the end of the season and your last game is meaningless because your playoff position is locked in. So you play a bunch of guys you wouldn't normally play because you want to keep them healthy for the playoffs. You're not necessarily – you know, when they took Ben Roethlisberger out in Buffalo at the end of his rookie year, they weren't necessarily playing to win. They won anyway, but they played to back up. You play some guys that you're trying to preserve for the postseason. It can also go off the rails the other way. I'm not saying this is going to. It's one and three through four. But if you get to a point where there's, there's, it's, it's over – then yeah, start playing for next year. Get a jump on it. Try to try not to have that happen again next year if that's the way it goes this year. So I think you take it um, situation by situation. I, I I see effort in this team that's unbelievable. I know they're not tanking, they're not quitting, but uh, let's see where they are in uh, mid December and then uh, reevaluate. Okay, I disagree with you. I agree with the statement, uh, and obviously this this is not a situation. I don't think is going to evolve in the Steelers uh, not only being in the playoff hunt uh, at the end of the season, but clinching a playoff spot before all the all of their own games are played. Probably not. Okay. And you also mentioned that you still see a lot of effort in this team. I do. Okay. And I, I let agree. me just point out a couple things on that. Those I, guys. I'm, I'm not arguing with that. I know, okay. but I just I want to. This is going to sound homerish, but you know you're, you're supposed to try hard. You're a pro. Yeah. But Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick refusing to concede a 26-yard field goal or a 31-yard field goal to one of the best kickers ever is effort. Juju Smith-Schuster stretching. He had no chance to get that first down, and he was trying to get it anyway. Watch Najee Harris run the ball. You see any quit there? I mean, those are just three examples. And a lot of people probably listen to this. That's what they're supposed to do. It is, but a lot of them don't. Okay, and I agree with all of that. Just want to throw that. As out. the coach or the person in charge, if you pull the plug on that, I think you lose all respect for those guys from those guys in the locker room. You know, one of the things I really believe that Bill Cowher did that was a outstanding and b really set the tone for the two best seasons of his coaching career 
was 2003 when he did not give up on that season, and they played every game to win, including that one, the last game against the Ravens when Billick lost his mind and decided he needed to win that game too, even though he did not. Yeah. Um, and So, so that, Billick screwed that up. Well, Billick screwed that up. He, Coward, shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have played the win. Right, because he yeah. had his he had you're making, his you're making my No, argument. no. He made no, when you have your playoff positioning clinched. Yeah. That's different than uh cuz you've already won. You've okay. already gotten into well, the playoffs. I mean, no matter what happens, I don't see an asterisk. <laughs> well, uh Tom Offerman who wrote Point these Point to me shirtless, wrote, right? Wrote wrote these down. He I, I'm going to have to edit him a little cl- more closely. <laughs> but when a coach Plays every game to, because you don't know who on the Steelers roster might be in their last NFL season. You do not. So you don't want to cheat them. We might um, be doing this show for the last season. <laughs> don't tease me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but also you get to a point sometimes. I'm not. This no. Is, this One is in a, 14, you play the 16th game to win. This is a philosophical observation here. If, if a guy is playing and it's clear. He ain't the guy for whatever he's doing. That's different. The, the players know that too. Right. You play. So sometimes I believe you can get to a point where different, I don't know, at least can be different, and that's, uh, that is that uh, is more uh, – help me out. Um, it's not advisable. It's more Palatable. attractive than – Palatable. Than, all right, we already know what we're going to get here. But see, if but if you have established yourself as a guy – who always plays to win, always makes decisions that are in the best interest of the team to win the next game, then I think that at some point, even if some guys, players disagree with it, they will uh, go back on the fact that that's the way you operate as a professional. Perhaps. Point number two. The best offensive coordinator of the Mike Tomlin era was Todd Haley. Uh, I agree. And... Um, I'm going to do a little preemptive striking here. Let me just, um, for the listeners, go over them. It was Bruce Arians was first, 2007 to 2011. Then Todd Haley from 2012 to 2017. Randy Feekner from 2018 through 2020. And then Matt Canada this year. Uh, I'm going to agree um, that the best offensive coordinator of the Mike Tomlin era was Todd Haley. And I'm going to assume which I might be incorrect, but I'm going to assume that you're going to go with B.A. because – Good read, Cordell. I, I was going to say because <laughs> I don't think Figner or Canada are really in, in, this, in this discussion as seriously as the other two guys. Okay, here's the thing to me. Um, and we're talking about offensive coordinator, not general manager and or head coach. So uh, his job, in my opinion, two jobs, protect – the franchise and score points. That's your job. Okay. Sack totals on Roethlisberger from 27, 2007 to 2011 by season. 47, 46, an NFL leading 50, 32, but Roethlisberger was only able to play 10 games that year, and 40. That's a total of 215 sacks, an average of 43 sacks a season. Um, uh as well, the Steelers ranking in points scored, 9th, 20th, 12th, 12th, and 21st. Okay, another preemptive strike here. Let's go to Super Bowl 43. Okay, uh, number one, the Arizona Cardinals, the 2008 Arizona Cardinals were not 
were not the steel curtain. Uh, just to uh, refresh everyone's memory, they came into that game 28th in the NFL in points allowed, 19th in total yards allowed, 22nd in passing yards allowed, 16th in rushing yards allowed. Super Bowl 43, the Steelers had 58 yards rushing and fewer than 300 in total yards. They were two for four in goal-to-go situations. Thank God for James Harrison, or that um, that miracle drive at the end never would have happened. Um, first and goal from the one-yard line, they settled for an 18-yard field goal. First and goal from the four-yard line, they settled for a 21-yard field goal. And as I mentioned, that uh, game-winning drive, um, Ben was calling the plays. On to Todd Haley, sacks by year, 30 42, 33, 20, 17, and 21. That's 163 sacks. That's fewer sacks in more seasons than B.A. And then here's the other. Uh, ranking in points scored. 22nd, still had B.A. hangover. 16, 7, 4, 10, and 8. The floor is yours. It's B.A. See, here's how you here's how you resolve uh, questions such as these: Who's the best? Who's the coach of the year? It's the guy holding up the trophy at the end of the season. Who's the player of the year? It's the guy who scored the most touchdowns, made the most buckets, scored the most goals. You don't have to overthink this stuff. The when 2008 Bruce, defense was historically great. When, Ask your buddy Rick Rick Goslin about that. When Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator, the Steelers won a Super Bowl and played in another. And you, Mr. Labriola, clearly never sat in the office of Bruce Arians on the south side with the big portrait of Bear Bryant staring down and listened to him describe everything that went on in that epic drive that beat the Cardinals, which if they didn't have that, nobody would remember James Harrison's return. So when he was recounting this, was it historically accurate or self-serving? It was entertaining. (laughs) I was willing to leave it at that. Um, Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Uh, run, run the wheels off the running back. Do what you got to do with the quarterback to win that trophy. Uh, the likes of which there are, are six of them over there on the south side that are yeah. proudly displayed. And if you think any one of them have anything to do with the offensive coordinator in Super Bowl Forty Three, you are delusional. Just but win, I'm baby. S- I'm still not looking. Just I'm still win, not baby. looking down the depth chart. I might, I might give uh, Tom here a shot though, just to see what he could do. Yeah, well, hey, I'm a veteran. I could take some time off. No, I introduced it. It's okay. your turn. My turn. <laughs> See, no. we're miscommunication. This is what gets you beat. Even B.A. can't coordinate around this kind of Statement number three, whatever it takes, protect the big guy. And let me say the wording of this is an homage to the DV Morning Show's uh, Tuesday edition, which to, uh, to me is the 930 Sports on the DV morning show on Tuesdays is the best segment on radio. And um, I, I really like the whole Tuesday thing. But anyway, whatever it takes, protect the big guy. You know I'm talking about the big guy, right? Yes. Okay. Well, first, let me say, I think the 930 sports on Tuesday is tied with the 830, the 730, and the 630 <laughs> as phenomenal. But, yeah, uh, please, uh, this is an idea whose time has clearly – Arrived, and you're getting ready to play Vaughn Miller, who I think is yes about as good. I got yes. nothing but respect and admiration 
for and fear of this guy. You know, he has one of those pass rusher camps like Peyton, the great yeah. Peyton Manning always had the quarterback camps. He should. Um, you you got to stop however you have to stop it, what's been going on with Ben Roethlisberger. And if that means you keep a tight end in, if that means you keep a tight end and a running back in, uh, if that means you got to run two-man patterns, uh, punting is preferable to picking the quarterback up off the ground. Uh, this guy is serious. And, you know, most of the time I, I know teams don't like to go into a game and say, well, they're going to dictate to us. Vaughn Miller's dictating this one. Uh, job one is stop him from wrecking the game. Job two is do whatever you can after you've done what you had to do to accomplish job one. And if you punt it all day and wait for your defense to wreck their game, that'll work too. Uh, okay, I, I agree with you. Uh, and let me again reference um, the 930 Sports uh, Tuesday on the DVD. That's what B.A. would do. He would, he would protect yeah, the guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot the greatest quote in B.A.'s uh, tenure in Pittsburgh. Why would I ever want to ask him to change the way he plays? After the uh, owner said, I think we have to talk to Ben about tweaking the way he plays in an effort to extend his career. But anyway, um, Gene Steratore, uh, Washington County, um, NFL official who is now, um, who did the smart thing in my opinion, sold out and went to the networks because he's yes. making a ton more money there yes. um, than he was as an NFL official. And takes a lot less abuse, too. Takes a lot less abuse. Um, I, I'm assuming he does it from some sort of central location because you can hear him on a lot of the broadcasts, and I'm sure he's not at all of them. It's not possible. But anyway, he His was... His basement looks like NASA. <laughs> um, and he was talking about uh, the hits that Ben takes. And he said, you know, um, you see these these sideways passes, and I'm paraphrasing, using our term, these sideways passes or those quick uh, slants, he said, you know, he's getting rid of the ball in less than two seconds, 1.8. He said, and the offensive linemen are still helping him up off the ground. So um, that's that's unacceptable to me, and I don't care if the quarterback is 39, 29, or 19. That kind of physical toll is going to diminish his skills over time. Yeah, and it's you can't just throw it all at the feet of, to me at least, an offensive line that's in transition, that's playing a couple of rookies that's had injury and isn't configured the way you wanted it to be configured from day one. You look at a couple weeks ago, Green Bay played San Francisco. And the Packers at that time were starting two rookies, a guy who was in his second year who had started one game previously, and a third-string left tackle who had never started before. And yet Green Bay was able to prevent the San Francisco Bosa from wrecking the game. Then the, the Packers host the Steelers, and I – Clearly, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith weren't, you know, what they are when they're whole. Uh, I know Watt ended up with a couple sacks, but those were kind of, yeah, right. you know, those fell in his lap. I didn't think T.J. Watt wrecked the game because the Packers didn't let it happen. Uh, the point I'm laboring to make, Labs, is your offensive line is what it is. You have to do what you must 
to uh, work around that or work with that. You can't just say, well, hopefully they'll be better this week, and hopefully Vaughn Miller doesn't have four and a half sacks and a couple of strips, and uh, they don't get a scoop and score, and we don't lose. Yeah, the way I look at it is uh, that's job one, protecting the quarterback, and then you work backwards from there. You don't say, well, these are the route trees we want to run. This is how many guys we want in the pattern. You know, we want to get the ball to this guy. No, no, no. You figure out how many it takes to protect the quarterback. You subtract yeah. that from now what 10. Can, now what can we do? Now what, now what can we do? Let's do that. Right. It's and, three things. Okay. Um, yeah. And if, um, you know, I get a lot of these questions. When are they going to start using Derek Watt to block for the run? How about using them in the backfield to pick up the first guy through wherever the leakage happens to be? Yeah. How about that? And Let's yeah, go just, with that. Just for our uh, context sake, uh, Tony Romo was talking a lot about this during the broadcast of the Packers game, but you, you got a chip, you got a yeah. – he said, hey, the center can help one of the guards, a tight end can help one of the tackles, a running back can help the other tackle. Or another t- tight end. Yeah. I mean, well – You got options. Yeah. Now, they limit what you can do down the field, but to me that's better than uh, – the, the, the what's being inflicted and and your point about you know nineteen twenty nine thirty nine nobody likes getting smacked around. Well, we have agreement. We so, do. Uh, Tom, take care of this. Send this on to the Emmy committee. Uh, Where Mike, is the Broadcasting Hall of Fame located? Because this is headed there, wherever it is. Yeah. Well, you got a tux. I mean, let's let's I go get one. Let's leave here now. Go I, get, I, I don't we'll own get, one. Is we'll, that? I, you read these lists sometimes in magazines. What you know? How you're supposed to be? Like you're supposed to be able to change a tire and own tie a bow tie, own a tox, and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. We'll be ready for next week when they call us and tell us we won. Yes, because we're going to protect oh, ourselves and, uh, first. And um, Hall of Fame committee, uh, we're 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 not available on Wednesdays because we got to do another one of these. Do this. 